This is the Two Marketeers podcast, where hosts and marketing experts Sean Patrick and Lindsay Waugh seek to uncover what makes brands so powerful in how they impact modern society and culture. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello, woman. Hello, woman supporter. Supporter? <laughs> Is that a bra? <laughs> Is that... Hello, bra. It's from that movie Grease. If you can't be an athlete, be an athletic supporter. <laughs> yes. Hello, ally to women everywhere on International Women's Day 2023. Lindsay got on the call and she said, uh, do you realize today is... Women's Day? And I was like, I do, thanks to my favorite brand. I don't know if this will appear backwards. I never understand Miriam. No, it looks good to me. Starbucks saying happy International Women's Day. Yeah, handwritten on my cup on the along the curve of the logo is happy international no, happy women's day. I mean it is it's that's a lot to write. Happy Women's Day. I know it was so sweet this morning. My, my I have two girls, two daughters, and the littlest one was like, Mom, am I a woman? And I was like, you are a woman. She's like, I'm a woman. <laughs> that I was like, sounds hear like you her. roar. Yeah, hear you <laughs> roar. And then we blasted Katy Perry all the way to school. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. And Shania Twain and Beyonce, who runs the world. Like we were, we are all up in International Women's Day today. Taylor Swift also runs the world. Yeah. She's her. top of my list. Love her. Okay, so what were what are we up to today? <laughs> what were we going to do today? You know, we, more and more, Lindsay and I are trying to let the spark of of the next topic be timely based on something we experience, right? Like something that happens mm -hmm. to us wherever possible. That with a mix of you know really interesting stuff that's happened in the world that's really affecting society and culture. In this case, it's the whole story around Netflix and in Canada and other test markets, not the US, although in the US, there's a lot of buzz around it coming. They were essentially changing their policy is how it comes out. And in so doing, making the consumer have to adjust or adapt. Mm -hmm. And can we say that they were just trying to crack down on account sharing? Yes. But what's okay. interesting is the reason I say it's a policy change is they make it sound like account sharing. They, they, they addressed it as if it was against the rules and it wasn't. They didn't get into the sort of understanding of, well, you know, in this day and age, having one residence, one primary account is debatable. Yeah, 100%. Because they were making you set your primary location so they could try and track your account. Yeah. All I can say after much research, TBD, because February 21st was supposed to be when it all happened. And mm -hmm. as a consumer, some of the stuff started happening. Like we did set our primary account. Uh, oh, you did? Well, just I yes. still didn't because I was like, I don't know. I'm too nervous. About yeah. This. Simone's talk about face your fears. She just like, okay, well, let's do this and we'll deal with it later. Well, good for her ripping off the band-aid yeah that's her nothing has happened the news has pretty much gone silent since early february when it was first announced other than a general message of uh it was miscommunicated 
we'll get back to you. Right. Yeah. So we were kind of waiting, like waiting for that update that we talked about talking about this in February, like Sean said, and yeah. we were just saying, okay, but let's wait until the switch is flicked so that we can figure out what happens now. I haven't heard anything, anything at all. That's Are the crickets. crickets. Yeah. Very digital. Yeah, crickets, crickets. Crickets. Yeah. So I'm like, well, we, we don't know what happened. Yeah. Um, I won't let it go, but the last thing we want to do is prevent, provide you guys with misinformation. I think it will be a great case study. Again, this is not to slam Netflix. This is about learning about the mistakes we all make, and it'll be really interesting to see how it all pans out. And I look forward to that panning out and just kind of saying, yeah. okay, lessons learned, because there was just some sort of what I would say is as a consumer and as a marketing guy, when it was happening, I'm talking to my family like a marketer and they're like, it's just that it's just fucking sucks. That's all that matters. And I'm like, but, you know, so from a user experience and a, a brand trust and loyalty, there were some interesting moves. What I will say is that's the beauty of a brand. When you have a strong brand, you you have to listen and you have to react and you have to adapt. And the way I'm seeing it is they're adapting and what they come mm -hmm. out with will have to be really good. And it will probably mean a big change for them. I look forward mm -hmm. to seeing what that means. Yeah. Adapting, but currently not communicating. Because they're like, this is going to happen. And then they're like, hmm. <laughs> they didn't even say never mind. Like, they just didn't say anything <laughs> at all. Like, currently have said nothing. Is silence better than, better than saying something? TBD on that. It, 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 they blockbustered is what they did. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's quotable. Okay, let's pivot to our real our real topic for the day. So there's been some interesting kind of chatter going on in the beauty space. Um, and I was reading just some things about it because I'm always curious about the beauty space. I've worked in uh, beauty and strategy for quite some time. So I kind of follow it just as a personal passion. But um, there's some interesting insights coming out about Gen Z and beauty specifically. Sean and I get into Gen Z in a bunch of our episodes. And I wonder, I'm wondering to myself, if this happens as you age, that you see these new generations coming up with different kids behaviors, these kids these days, different behaviors than yours, where initially you're like, get out of here with your new behaviors <laughs> and your values that you're not spending money and you're practical. But then as time unfolds, you start to become like more in love with the changes that these new generations are making because they're writing some of the things in the world that may have been wrong in past decades. Do you think yes. that happens? That initially you're turned off and then you fall in love with the changes they're making? Yes, but I wonder if it is specifically because it's Gen Z we're talking about. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, am I falling in love with them because I'm a millennial and they're making some changes that I personally feel like need to be made. And perhaps my generation didn't do it. And they're actually taking some real action against this stuff. And now I'm in love with them. Yes. In this case, I think we're accepted much quicker because they have much higher morals than we ever did. Who knew we needed morals? And here I thought <laughs> I was just a really good parent because I have three awesome Gen Z children. And I just think, wow, what did I do to make these wonderful children? 
And turns uh, out nothing. I have to give <laughs> I have to give credit to society and culture and all the shit that's been and happening. And to them for actually like taking action on nope. things that need to be No, we're not giving credit to them. Okay. <clears throat> so I shared on LinkedIn, I think it was last week. Honestly, every day is a blur at this point. Uh, this article from a company called Well and Good. So their website is wellandgood.com, which now I just love this website. And the, the title of this article was The Glossy Wellness Industry is Getting a Dose of Gen Z Realness. And I was like, yeah, because yeah. I came up in school in fashion. What, like my favorite job I ever had was working at Sephora and University when they opened their first store in the Eaton Center in Toronto. And so I've been like all up in the beauty and fashion industry for a long time and I love it. But there's a lot of flaw, a lot of flaws in the perfection and the glossiness of it and these unrealistic expectations. And so I was reading this article and it really took an approach to highlight this gap that they talk about between the wellness industry and actual well-being of people. Yeah. So you can clearly see that in makeup, in cosmetics, in fashion, in beauty, that there's a gap between what people want to sell you and what actual well-being means for you as a person. So you're saying wellness represents the industry, well-being represents what Gen Z are seeking. Yes. Okay. So it's almost like the industry is selling the shiny notion of wellness, where Gen Z is the a new generation that's really bringing to life like is that wellness or what does well-being actually mean for me as a person yes and so in this article they were talking about how gen z is kind of taking a stance against this glossy fake vision of perfection that's been projected by the wellness industry for a long time and we've talked about the wellness industrial complex before um and they say in the article they're going from glossy to messy but mm. it's not messy in a bad way it's messy in like this notion of real authentic chaotic imperfection that actually is perfection right perfection to them is beauty beyond beyond the just the, your your look or your style yeah and it's not like mold me into kate a kate moss supermodel which is like what we always wanted to be like as kids you saw this like glamorous notion of beauty and fashion and and all of those different things and i think gen z is really bringing that real approach where they're saying that's not wellness that's not well-being like having those images of perfection you know cast onto you and have it be a standard that you have to live up to is not real we want to see real people we want to see authentic authenticity and we want to see what I actually look like in advertising and beauty product development and fashion and all of those different things. This is where Gen Z starts to be like really cool to me in that we just tried to live up to it and they're saying no fucking way, like we're not doing it. Yeah, it's a tricky conversation. We want, I want to be careful that we're not saying Gen Z are like this and do you know what I mean? Like there is still a lot of glossy. There is still an aspect of that. I think it's the terms on which they decide to do it. I think to compare it was you had one, maybe two images to aspire to when you were a teenager. Yeah. 
And now the diversity and all that's happening is you have so many more options and you, you are aware of what kind of options are out there or you're constantly seeking new options if it just doesn't fit for you. And so much has changed over the last couple of years with, with, with race, with, uh, with pandemic, all uh, economy that they're they're that this they're almost like that toss salad we say of, as Toronto where they're just thrown in together and they're just all looking for something to hang on to so it's what's interesting is i think they're very there's so many different styles because of what you said Lindsay it's yeah. you don't conform to be one person you take a bit of whatever you like for a lot of them that's at least what they you know they what? want to do that's such a critical point because then yesterday as I was so I'm reading this one article where it's like everyone wants to be real and authentic and then I was reading a trend report yesterday that was talking about beauty as part of it as well and they were saying that there's also like a big shift towards like creativity and expression and cosmetics and fashion are obviously a big way for people to do that. So it's not to say that people aren't putting makeup on their faces because they want to look real. It's that their choice of perfection is their choice. It's not that they're trying to live up to one Barbie doll mold standard. It's to say, sure, like I want things to be real and authentic, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to express creativity in the makeup that I choose and wear and the way that I dress and all of those different things. It's not to say we're now all going clean and natural. It's to say that your choice of perfection is your choice. And they're standing yeah. up for that. Yes. And I think Gen Z, they're great. And you know, I give them full credit. It's they're fascinating. It's it's enlightening. It's hopeful. Um, but it, where does it come from? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That's what makes them so fascinating is what they've faced, what has tipped like any generation, what has particularly happened as they were being formed as human beings. Um, it depends on the person. It depends on what they were exposed to. Yeah, that's true. What I love about it, though, is and we let's talk about it is how has that affected beauty and beauty as a representation of how they want to be seen? Mm-hmm. Not perfection. I yeah. think that's what's really different. Beauty to them is a lot more about the two things you talked about, mental health and well-being. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I read a stat the other day that said the average, average Gen Z is on TikTok four hours a day. So with that, though, is they're constantly looking to be influenced. I think that's the difference. They're constantly mm -hmm. seeking options of how they can be influenced. Mm. Like they're subconsciously? Uh, yes. I believe that generation is seeking options on how to be influenced and where. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because I think they're curious about other people. Like we... When we were curious about other people, we would buy a magazine and like read art, yeah. you know, read articles like 17 magazine. And it was right. like, that was such a one view of what teenage life was like and what people are like. And now you can be on TikTok for four hours a day and see such a variety in the way that people experience life, not only from like how they look, 
but their perspective on well-being, different cultures, different countries, like the global view of what people are like now is so fascinating. It's almost like they're curating. They're curating their approach to lifestyle and yes. to their look. Um, and I was reading something yesterday. I'm doing a, some work for like a luxury brand and they were and we're talking about how luxury is no longer just expensive. It's like this notion of curation, like you're wearing a $40 Nike t-shirt with a $3,000 Balenciaga bag. And it's that curation is the expression of their lifestyle and how they want to be viewed. It's not like this singular pillar of what beauty and fashion is supposed to be. Yeah. And I think what what's really interesting too, economically is, you know, their result of all the stuff that the pandemic did the thrifting we've talked about the thrifting but it's about how they procured it versus what they procured right and 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 blatantly so like you know why is my daughter wearing a hunting t-shirt from 1982 with a giant deer on it it says something about them in an anti-brand sort of way mm -hmm. so it's yeah it's really interesting it's so true. It's like how people are wearing like Kirkland signature sweatshirts around, you know? Yeah. Like when did Costco because become the thing you wanted to be plastered on your crew neck? Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's really interesting. I think the same goes for like beauty and cosmetics and things like that as well. Like they're curating the way that they want to look. So when you're looking at all of these different pieces of content on TikTok and things like that. It's not to say that they're looking for just like real and authentic, but when they take the pieces of the things that they see and create their own look and how they want to be viewed by the world to them, that's realness and authenticity in the way they've curated how they present themselves versus it being like clean beauty and no makeup. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I wonder sometimes, you know, when you think of teenage, right? teenage years, <laughs> they're so formative, is like you said, the whole thought of messy and, and the, the, to them beauty is, is more about well-being. And like you said, is there a gap? I think there is, but I think the brands that are filling that gap um, are doing it in very innovative ways. Mm -hmm. And they would be arguably not beauty products. Like if you've got skincare, for them, skincare is acne right you know and acne was to be hidden now a lot of brands carry these sort of little star stickers or whatever that are yeah. colored and they just conceal it but they're yeah. also i think a lot of them are just actually uh treating it as well but but that's that point you just said is critical though because i read that yesterday as well where it's like it's not something to be hidden and people are not something to be covered up and like made to all look the same it's something to be treated as a life that we're going through and dealing with right and this is how i'm dealing with it i'm yeah. not ashamed we all have zits i just don't need, want you to see what's under here but it's a zit <laughs> right and it's treating it like they're treating it you see people all over TikTok with those little stars on their face so one of the things i found was a top 10 list of the the top mm. gen z brands it wasn't as I understand it, it wasn't category, it was overall. Okay. I'm not going to go into the brands, but what they all were, were in the, the if there was a category, it would be self-care. Okay. 
so the self-care, it really reinforced something that the general message is a lot of the top brands are beauty or skincare. Um, it's not gender-based. Mm. It's not gender-based. It's overall. Um, but the majority of them are considered self-care products. And from that, I think what's really important is what they're saying generally about the difference is the key difference to beauty to them is beauty to them includes mind and body mm -hmm. well-being mm -hmm. it's not mm -hmm. body image it's wellness it's it's health i would say so yeah. that's there to, to them beauty is the sum of those things but also i care about how this gets made i care about Right. what this brand does so it's so brand is so important to them in that case mm -hmm. and i think a lot of that was spurred by the pandemic too when everyone was inside only being able to reflect on themselves and there were some title kind of shifts in culture that took place then where pre-pandemic there was still a lot of value in what you put forward externally so like status and expensive things and fashion and all of those things and right. when pandemic hit a lot of those values shifted for people especially younger generations to health but health on the inside like those different types of things and that's carried on where people are less concerned with status symbol and glossy beauty and that representation of themselves but value more those internal values like self-discovery and care yeah, and even the term beauty will be interesting as a category. Because what is that? What yeah. is that? And I think when you talk about things like uh, achieving, aspirational, achieving perfection, um, hey, it's cosmetics. I don't think that industry is going to blow up anytime soon. If anything, there's a lot. It's it's probably one of the gro largest growth segments. Not to mention that Gen Z is about, I think, a third. Anyways. I'm making it up, but it was a fifth or a third <laughs> of the market of the global market. So yeah. they're going to be marketed to. They're going there is going to be money put into that. Hopefully that money isn't being a better product, being a better brand, so that they accept you. Um, but it it's it's this is not an industry that's going to go away. But I think sociologically, it's really this this whole discussion is around it'll be really interesting because I don't think beauty has experienced what it's about to experience in say the next five years in a very long time. Mm, if ever. Yeah, I mean, I just don't know, right? Like, I just mean in the century, like beauty has been about covering, hiding, beautifying, mm -hmm. and misrepresenting. Yeah, like, and looking no like a particular in... person, yeah. Yeah, there's no way that we're going back to that cookie cutter uniform notion of beauty. And I don't think Gen Z as a generation or the generation that comes after that would ever enable that to happen. So it'll be interesting to see what that representation of beauty ends up looking like in, you know, the, in future generations. I wonder, I mean, you, you go on Instagram, you're going to see some of that sort of maybe the more negative side of things, you know, uh, Lindsay, I'm calling out that uh, Dove episode we did last year about de mm. uh, detoxifying the conversation right. the pressure is still yeah. there yeah but there is this awareness and it's very refreshing because i think the pressure has always been there to some degree like multi-generational it's just mm -hmm. now it's being called out like you said not fucking doing it taking a stance to say no more 
there's the exposure side of it too, where like real people are exposing the fakeness of what goes on in social media, in the industry, where there's this trend going on on TikTok right now that I like can't get enough of. It's this um, beauty filter, like obviously makes you look hella perfect, like pl- men with plumped up lips and like all the stuff. And uh, everyone's like, this is what I look like to you after three glasses of wine. <laughs> and then they turn the filter off and they're like, and then you wake up in the morning and they're like, sorry about the farts. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like literally the comparison of like with this filter, which a lot of people use those filters on tick, like people don't look like that, you know? Yeah. So there's a lot of that exposure and people calling the BS on the filters and social and fakeness and industry. Um, So that's a great movement to be happening because you pop on those apps and you're on it all the time and you do start to think that, why don't I just look like that? Yeah. Well, here's an example. Like I, a lot of people my age are doing it. Got men and women saying, look, and they're honest about like, look how great it is. It's, it's got to make you feel bad. Like if I did it, I mean, it would have to do extra work. I'd have to pay extra. But if I did it, all it would do to me is make me feel worse about myself. Well, that's what they say. Cause the other people were doing it as well. Like, oh, this is what I look like as a teenager. And it's like, well, I didn't even look like that as a teenager. I didn't look that, I didn't, just because I'm now 41 doesn't mean I looked like Kate Moss at 17. Like, so it's even just that unreal standard of what youth is. Yeah. It's fascinating. I have one last question for you before we go. Sure, let's do it. Let's do it. They are all about Y2K, the whole Y2K movement of Gen Mm. Z. Is that anything you've heard about? In what way? Like, get into like, it further. Uh, so it is the big trend. It's taking, mm. um, and we all do it, right? We all go to sort of prior times, but a big driver is the boldness, the sort of almost silliness of the Y2K era. Mm-hmm. I think what's interesting is to say, what was it about the 80s? Why do I keep saying the 80s? That was my Y2K. Well, it's a very similar look exactly which is yeah so it's there's comfort and you said this before there's comfort and nostalgia and maybe it's the thrift thing too right Mm -hmm. the kind of thrift they'd be getting is probably y2k time period yeah um they seek they seek escape it's an escapism is what they're saying to y2k era well i think it's all it's not even just escape i think the boldness and the brightness of the colors and the silly trends and the um almost childlike accessories and you know things like that is there's a shift taking place right now with something called the joy economy where people are so overburdened with a lot of heaviness so uh, there's a million issues that we need to be tackling gen z in particular is very tapped into issues and ethics and their values and how brands show up with that that there's this desire for lightness where all of this heaviness is constantly on people's shoulders. So I think there's been a shift in fashion and cosmetics to showcase some of that lightness. Like I'm going to lean into things that can be fun, whether it's events, whether it's fashion, whether it's makeup, whether it's bold and silly, it's a fun expression because I have that desire for joy, perhaps a bit of escapism when things tend to feel a bit too much. That is so bang on. I think that's, it's, it's known historically as a time where, 
fashion was just for the sake of fashion. It wasn't necessarily responding to specific issues. Right, right. It really solidifies what you said is there's just this sort of joyfulness. I think we need to find joy where we can find it. Yeah. Because there's a lot of other things that we need to be thinking about. So if fashion and beauty can be an expression of joy and a fun playground for people to use to express themselves, I think that's why a lot of Gen Z are leaning into that. Yeah, I love that word. I think playground is a word we've used it last mm. week. We're using it this week. Um, playground seems to be the the new uh, the new marketplace, right? Yeah. They're looking for yeah. playgrounds, and joy is a great word. Thanks for ending with that. Very wise insight. But I would say, you know, when they say real, it's not necessarily just clean beauty. When they say authentic, what does that mean? What does beauty mean? I think there's a lot of different um, angles to unpack for that generation. So if you're a brand kind of looking to engage them, I would say think about more those minor nuances and less about the mass groupings of people together, but more how you can tap into some of those niche feelings and communities that Gen Z is all a part of and how you can engage them on their own terms, really. Yeah, it's their human experience. Um, what is their human experience? And there's very little historical data <laughs> to inform that. And you just gotta, you just gotta not assume. You have to put the work in to truly understand mm -hmm. and the tools are out there. Don't be on Be Real because it's cool. Understand why <laughs> they're on Be Real and what it's right. doing for them and then respect that, right? Yeah. Know where they are, understand them and respect them. Okay, let's wrap it up, Gen Z. We love you more every day. Okay, we just want to be you. Have a great week. Happy International Women's Day. We will see you all soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Two Marketeers podcast. New episodes launch every two weeks. Find the Two Marketeers podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you like to listen. And be sure to rate and subscribe. Listen on our website, thetwomarketeers.ca, or you can ask Alexa to play the Two Marketeers podcast. Want to keep in touch? Follow the Two Marketeers on LinkedIn or at Two Marketeers on TikTok. We've always got something to share. This podcast is over.